There are moments, I believe, when one is reminded that life is not meant to be devoid of all celebration. That's kind of the theme this morning, for me at least, the last few days. So that moment happened to me a few years ago at a Christmas Eve service. It was pastoral minister at our show friends, and we were in the middle of um, this Christmas Eve service. Lights were low, had that late night Christmas Eve feel. You know, people come in quietly, they leave quietly, they reflect on the meaning of the evening and the day to come. And, and right in the middle of the service, I had arranged for this man, young man, to play a, a violin solo. Wonderful job. The combination of his talent, the combination of his song selection that left us in this sort of holy silence. This silence that's just weighted with meaning and reverence after the song was done. And after a few moments of this holy silence, it was broken by the sound of a little child clapping their hands going, Yay! Just like we heard this morning. Now it's one of those moments where I was reminded of the scripture and a little child shall lead them. In that moment, I felt like this little child led us all, this anticipation of the day to come for this child created within him this feeling of joy and celebration. He didn't want to keep it to himself. He wanted to share it with everyone around him. And to this day, I'm convinced it was more than this utterance of an excited child on Christmas Eve. I'm convinced it was one of those God moments that served to remind me Serve to remind everyone, I think, that's willing to listen that it's good to celebrate. In fact, it's necessary to celebrate. It's necessary for the wholeness of our soul, for the, for the wholeness of our world. Sometimes we need to put a little yay in our life to find strength of soul. Author and spiritual director Joanne Chittister um, offers this insight on celebration. Here's what she has to say. Life is not meant to be a burden. Life is not a problem to be solved. It's a blessing to be celebrated. Every dimension of life, its gains, its losses, are reason for celebration because each of them brings us closer to wisdom and fullness of understanding. Loss and loneliness, darkness and depression, all sear the soul and they cleanse it of its sense of self-sufficiency. Suffering directs it to the God of life, but so do bounty and beauty and abundance. And these give us a foretaste of of wholeness. But I love how she opens up with those words. Life is not meant to be a burden. Life is not a problem to be solved. It is a blessing to be celebrated. Life weighs us down at times. This 24 news cycle reminds us constantly of breaking news or constantly of bad news. And we feel weighed down with the most recent crisis or issue. And we've got to do something. and We've got to be about something. We have to be prepared. Or the polarizing politics weighs us down to the point we shut down or we check out or we distance ourselves from one another and relationships. And life with its unexpected realities, job loss, financial strain, health issues, and what has been shared this morning, people losing loved ones tragically. All of this can weigh us down. When all this happens, life, as our author Joanne Chittister writes, it feels more like a burden and a problem to be solved. And we may even deny ourselves moments of joy and celebration because we feel there's so much that's wrong with the world that we feel guilty for even celebrating. And we tell ourselves that there's more important issues that need to be addressed. I realize that sometimes one of the reasons I don't celebrate as much, one of the reasons I don't engage in it is because I feel guilty because there's so much that needs to be done. There's so much that needs to be addressed. I 
was this realization this morning as I was sitting in our um, early morning silent worship that I can sometimes be so preoccupied with circumstances and concerns, I'm never, moment, I'm never present to the moments of celebration that come our way or come my way. It's like I just brush them right along and I'm back to the concerns and I'm back to the circumstances. But it's those moments of celebration I believe are designed at least God's gift of grace to give us those moments of life and joy and energy and help me realize and us realize there's other things to life. And there are good things to life. And when we deny ourselves these moments of celebration, our souls wither and they shrivel just a little bit more. And over time, they lose their capacity to experience joy, gratitude, thankfulness. And I really believe the only, thing, the only fruit born of this often is just cynicism. We become cynical about life. We become cynical about the whole world. We, we become one of those people that when something good happens, we become the yeah, but. Yeah, but this. Or we're just waiting for the other shoe to drop. Or we're just waiting for the next bad thing to happen. This is too good to be true. I'm not allowed to enjoy this because I know what's going to happen next. And so we miss those moments of strength and grace and goodness. Psalm 90 is a prayer. It's a poem that speaks to this greatness of God as well as the fragile nature of humanity. God is the one who has been God before the earth and the world were inhabited. God is the one that is great, and in comparison, we are fragile and we are dust. As the psalmist wrote, you return people back to dust, and you sweep humans away like a dream, like grass that is renewed in the morning. This whole tone of the psalm reminds us of God's eternity and our mortality, but not in a morbid sense. But I think with this intent of pointing us towards this importance of living life with a wise heart. It would seem, according to what the psalmist writes, that a wise heart is one that gives careful thought to how we want to live our days as how well we choose to celebrate life in response to God's faithful love. And so the psalmist writes this, quote, teach us to number our days so we can have a wise heart. Come back to us, Lord, please, quick, have some compassion for your servants. Fill us every morning with your faithful love so we can rejoice and celebrate our whole life long. The journey with God, I believe, this journey with God is intended to be one of stewarding our days well, counting our days, numbering our days, and living life undergirded with joy and celebration. As my friend wrote that I've quoted, quote, life is not meant to be a burden. Life is not a problem to be solved. It is a blessing to be celebrated. How many problems are we trying to solve here this morning? How many burdens are you carrying this morning? How much space have you and I allowed simply to celebrate life? I know this is a risk. It's a huge risk. And when I prepared this sermon, I certainly don't count on announcements like Bob shared this morning. And I'm glad he did. How does one stand up in front of people and say, but yet celebrate life. Celebrate God's goodness. I certainly wouldn't, I pray, be so insensitive to go up to somebody who had just experienced a loss like that and say that. But what I would hope is over time, a person could come through that and say after a period, but yet God is good. God is faithful. God provides. And God is heals. Sometimes the celebration is in the moment. Sometimes it's long after the fact. But one can, I think, in one moment simply celebrate 
that we're not in this alone, that we're not trying to do life by ourselves. So what got me thinking about Psalm 90 and stewarding and numbering our days and celebrations? Well, it's birthdays. Today's a big birthday for our friend Don Hall and his family and friends are celebrating with him today. And full confession, Don, you have a congregation full of liars. I will tell you that right now. We have been lying to you for about the past few weeks. What worries me is not that we did that. What worries me is some of them did it so well like it just came natural. But today is a big birthday for our friend Don. And it's also, as was mentioned, the 97th birthday of our dear friend Florence Allen. And she's celebrating at the beach. So birthdays are these numbering of our days. And it's always a reminder to me that one needs to give careful thought and reflection as to how one wants to live their life and to figure out what's important and focus one's energy in that direction. But birthdays are also this time to celebrate, a time to celebrate life and the gift of each day. It's this wonderful time to celebrate the person on their birthday. And we celebrate you, Don. We celebrate your family. We celebrate the meeting. We celebrate all that have their birthdays. I love what Henry Nowen wrote about birthdays in one of his journals. This is what he had to say. We should never forget our birthdays or the birthdays of those who are close to us. Birthdays keep us childlike. They remind us what is important and what is not, or what we need to do or what we, what we need to accomplish. Not what we have or who we know, but that we are here and now. On birthdays, let us be grateful for the gift of life. And so if anything, birthdays remind us of the importance of life and how wonderful and rich and important it is. I think the temptation is to focus so much again on what's wrong, what needs fixing, and what's broken that we forget to take time to be grateful for the gift of life, and we forget to celebrate. So maybe little children cheering at Christmas Eve services and people's birthdays are God's way of reminding us that the soul needs celebration, that the soul needs gratitude, the soul needs to offer gratitude for the gift of life. And I'll say this, I'm a little bit of an activist, I know activists, I've been with them all my life, peace activists, activists about social justice issues. And activism is very important as people are called to it. But I also know this, activism without celebration often leads to anger, often leads to grumbling, and can sometimes lead to a person with a very bitter soul. Activism takes energy. It takes life out of us, and sometimes we have to put that life back into us. And celebrating is a wonderful way of putting life back into us. Rabbi Jonathan Sachs tells this extraordinary story about a school he visited during his tenure as the chief rabbi of Great Britain. The school population had gone from 1,000 to 5,000, and only 8% of the students achieved decent grades. The, moral, uh, the morale in the high school uh, was among the worst it had ever been with parents and teachers, and it was frankly quite abysmal. So the principal asked Rabbi Sachs for advice, and he answered this. He said, I want you to live one word, celebrate. Well, she sighed and she replied, you don't understand. We have nothing to celebrate. Everything in the school is going wrong. Well, then he responded this way. In that case, find something to celebrate. If a single student has done better this week than last week, celebrate. If someone has a birthday, celebrate. If it's Tuesday, celebrate. If it's simply that you got up this morning, celebrate. She seemed unconvinced, but she promised to give the idea a try. Eight years later, principal wrote a letter to Rabbi Sachs describing what had happened. Quote, exam results at high grades had risen from 8 to 65 percent. Student population had risen from 500 back to 1,000. 
And then Rabbi Sachs went to point out that this principle had also, re, had also uh, received what's called the Dame of the British Empire, which is a very high award. High award. It's like being knighted in the British Empire, simply for her contribution to education. And what's the point of all that? Well, the simple act of celebrating may not have been the complete solution, but it didn't hurt. It, sure, it served to shift the perspective, and it served to raise morale and breathe energy and life back into the school. I thought about this uh, just this past couple days with uh, my father, our father. I had uh, seen him in the last couple days. I had to make a quick trip to Indiana to attend a, a few meetings in Richmond, Indiana, board meetings for Friends United meeting. And so I stayed at their house. And it's a year ago this month that he was in the car wreck. A year ago this month that he had brain surgery. A year ago this month that he was in ICU for three days and had a craniotomy and was in the hospital for six weeks and came home and had, had intense rehab at the hospital, intense physical therapy there and at home. And when he got back, he's doing so much better. He's doing so much better. Reading, walking around, um, um, telling stories, asking about world issues, uh, enjoying engagements from grandkids. He's doing so much better. And I got to thinking, what would it have been like if when he was going through therapy, if that one little step that he took, just that one little step that he took, that's all he could do for that day, instead of saying, that's great, you took one step, we said, I don't know, you could do a lot better. You seem to be not trying hard enough. You seem, to, um, you seem to not really be working at it. But each step he took, each word that he mouthed, each little improvement that he made, there were people there to celebrate that and say, now let's go to the next one. Let's go to the next one. Let's go to the next one. I think in that sense, celebration made this huge difference. Rabbi Sachs' advice to the principal was to find something to celebrate. What if we all followed that advice for our life, our own spiritual journey? The psalmist writes, fill us every morning with your faithful love so we can rejoice and celebrate our whole life long. So maybe, maybe we simply celebrate God's faithful love and care. Maybe we celebrate a friendship or someone's birthday. Maybe we celebrate friendships by sharing a meal together or celebrating God's goodness by offering a prayer of thanksgiving or giving back in the form of generosity. This past week, I had a friend of mine who decided that in her retirement, she wanted to become an intentional interim minister, something she had been wanting to do all her life, something she had been um, aspiring to do once that she came out of pastoral ministry. And she told me how much it cost, and I told her I'd look into programs for her and and see what I could do. And as I was looking at programs and, and trying to find money sources for her, it occurred to me, she has been such a blessing to you. She's been such a support to you. Why don't you write her a check? And then I started hearing this conversation with God. But I don't have the money, God. Well, you do have the money, but I don't really want to let go of it. Well, you need to learn to let go of it. You know, this just kind of goes back and forth. But what I realized was in that moment, what better way to celebrate God's gift to me than to pay it forward to somebody else? I couldn't pay the whole tuition. I just emailed her. I said, look, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to seed your journey. I'm going to give you this much, and then we're going to look for other ways to fund it, but I'm going to give you this much. That's what you have to start on, because you're going to be a really good interim minister. And I would bet there's people out here, some of you, that people have done that for you. And you can celebrate that. How could you pass it on to somebody else to seed their success, 
to seed their flourishing, to seed whatever it is they want to do because of how God has celebrated you in the past. If you're in this difficult season of life, celebrate even the smallest of ways God has shown up. Maybe the grace and strength to make it through another day, the availability of treatment that's enabling you to become healthy and whole. Maybe you find yourself in a season of grief, but you choose to celebrate little ways each day, your heart's beginning to rediscover joy. However you choose to find something to celebrate, find a tangible way to celebrate it. Share it with friends. Pray it to God. Go out, each, go out with those close to you. Have fun. Celebrate. Share your praise and thanks and worship. Pay it forward. Be a generous presence in someone else's life. Or you could do two simple things. Celebrate a birthday. Or maybe at some point you'll be brave enough in the silence after a song just simply to clap your hands and go, Yay! Because your heart simply cannot hold it in anymore. The value of celebration. What do you have to celebrate? Who do you have to celebrate? And how have you been so concerned about circumstances? How have you been so concerned about concerns that you have made celebration off limits in your life? And how can you invite it back in? Just simply to revel in God's grace and mercy and joy. Remember what we sang about as little kids? Remember what we sang about in in, in the familiar song, remember what the scripture says, the joy of the Lord is what? Our strength. There really is an emotional, physiological reality to joy and celebration. It strengthens us, strengthens our soul, and it strengthens our life.